Good to see more and more people joining us live each and every week. Those of our online fam and Davidson, we're so thankful for you as well. We know everybody's situation is different, but it is good to come together. I don't know how people do it without Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. If you have your copy of God's word, will you take it out and turn to Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, as we begin a brand new series, brand new series called The Multiply Blessing. I want to impart something to you today. A couple of quick things. Um, we've had many people over the last several, several months, whether it's online or in the house, uh, joining us for the first time, and we want to connect with you right after service. So all of our services right after service, we're going to do a VIP Zoom room connect and if you just hop on email, VIP, that's who you are, very important person, VIP at cfachurch.com. Davidson, yours is coming up September 20th, so just hold on that. But we would love to connect with you right after service. I got to tell you, I just got to tell you that in spite of all that we see, in spite of all that we hear, I got to tell you how excited I am for the future. Pastor, how can you be excited for the future? Number one, I've only watched the news a couple of times in the last seven months. That helps, but uh, I, I can be, here's, here's the reason, here's the real reason I'm excited for the future. Your future is as bright as the promises of God. That's how bright the future is. And the promises of God are not dependent upon our circumstances around us. And so... I want us to read this out loud. Genesis 1:28. This is the original covenant blessing between God, between Yahweh and humanity. So God forms Adam and Eve out of the dust of the earth. And he, he gets done, he created the entire world, and he created all the land and vegetation, the seas and the, the sun and the moon and the stars and the night and the day and the seasons and the years and the animals and all of those, all of those different, different things he created, but he reserved this covenant blessing for humanity. It's going to be our theme for the next several weeks. At every location, let's read this together. Are you ready? Here we go. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Do you know that it is God's will to bless you? It's God's will that you are fruitful. It is God's will that you multiply. Regardless of external circumstances, external circumstances do not nullify or I would say this, external circumstances, this is a word for somebody, external cir circumstances not only do not nullify the, pro the, the promises of God, they don't delay the promises of God. In fact, sometimes the harder the external circumstances are, the quicker God begins to work. And the, wor the work of the Lord begins to speed up and move more rapidly. And so I speak over you that not only are the promises over your life still good, you're going to see them come to pass in a quicker way. Genesis 128, and God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. At the end of this service via video, there's a, there's a legacy pastor of our movement that's going to impart something to you. It's called the multiplication, blessing the multiplication 
anointing, and I want you to get ready to receive that. But I want you to see this in Scripture, that multiply not only was it God's original promise in the original covenant, but every time, every time the covenant was renewed, God's promise to multiply his people was renewed. Noah received this multiplication promise in Genesis 9. Abraham over and over again in Genesis 22, 26, 28, 32, 35, 48. Jacob in Genesis 48. The Israelites under persecution in Egypt in Exodus 1:12. Moses in Deuteronomy 1 and Deuteronomy 8 and Deuteronomy 28 and 30. The early church in the book of Acts and to us. The Bible says in the book of Galatians, so to all who put their faith in Christ, we share the same blessing that Abraham received because of his faith. So in case you haven't heard, On September 13th, we step into our new season with our new name as Multiply Church. And I believe that when God renames things, so God is always renaming things. He's always renaming people, renaming wells, renaming cities, renaming. And when God renames something, along with that comes a new identity, a new blessing, a new anointing, and a new assignment. So what I need you to do is I need you to take out your calendar, take out something to write with, take out your phone. I need you to circle, highlight, mark off September 13th. September 13th. Everybody joining online. This is your first day back to church in the name of Jesus. Come on, get excited. So here's why. Here's why. Because I, I get it. I know. I know. Every, I get the, the different uh, uh, immune systems and all of that. But you can lock yourself in your car. Keep the windows up and the air conditioning. We'll throw some free merch at you, all right? So come for freebies and and come. We're going to party. We are going to celebrate. But that's our goal is that everybody, pretend it's Easter. This is Easter Sunday in September. This is Christmas in September. So we want everybody at our Concord location on September 13th. We're going to have two outdoor celebration services. Uh, Work's being done over there. It's it's just amazing. Lots of free stuff. We are going to have an amazing time. Davidson, you've got some special things coming up on that day as well. I know, like, if you you looked up and you're like, oh, I got a beach trip planned. I'm sorry. God and I have already talked. It's going to rain. You say, Pastor, which beach? Every beach. I've already, God and I have been having this conversation. So I'm sorry, your beach weekend's going to be a washout. You might as well come to church. And the mountains, it's going to be cold and nasty in the mountains too. So September, September 13th. So how do we tell you I'm excited about what God's doing? So how do we receive this multiply blessing? Let me give you a couple of thoughts. Number one, I think we need... We need a healthy dose of spiritual FOMO. You say, what, what's that? So, so FOMO is an acronym. It, mean, it means fear of missing out, fear of missing out. And so that's why the, this, this phrase was coined because that's why we're always on our phones, fear of missing out. I did, I, did I miss the news? Did I miss, did I miss a text? Did I miss, a, did I miss somebody like, liking something on Instagram? The fear of missing out. My, my friends are somewhere. Fear, fear of missing out. And that's, that's fine. That's fine. But, but I, wanna, I want a spiritual fear of missing out. In other words, if God is doing something, I don't want to miss what God is doing. I want to be in the middle. Y'all, I want to be in the middle of a move. 
I want to be in the middle of his will. And I promise you that I will do whatever it takes to lead us so that we will be in the middle of the new, fresh outpouring of the spirit of God that he has upon us for such a time as this. Isaiah 43 says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Do you not perceive it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the wasteland. Does that not describe our world right now? It's wilderness and wasteland. But God does his best work in wildernesses and wasteland. But watch this. When God begins to work in wastelands, he can't use an old methodology to reach the wasteland. He can't use yesterday's anointing to reach the wilderness. That's why he's doing something new. That's why we got to move forward. That's why we have we have no choice we have no choice I gotta tell you it would be so easy not to change but it's not an option because when God moves you gotta move when God goes you gotta go so thankful So thankful that the history and the heritage of our church has been a pastor and a people. And I'm looking at some of those people in the audience today, and I'm so thankful for you. People that have been here for 40, 50, 60 years that have done this, that have done whatever it takes to change, to reach lost people. That's what our church was founded on 62 years ago. Pastor Tom and Betty Whitten crawled out from underneath that grand piano at Southeastern Bible Institute saying yes to God. That yes was to this. God said to them, I want you to go to Concord and plant a church. It'll be the largest church in the county. He obeyed and God fulfilled. They pulled their 17-foot camping trailer onto land that they did not own. And on Father's Day, June 17th of 1958, they had that first service with 32 people and from that day the history the legacy of this church has been will do whatever it takes to change to reach people but don't take my word for it today I want you to hear this via video from the words of our founding pastor pastor Tom Whitten Well, 62 years ago, things were somewhat different than they are today, Uh, such as cars were different, highways were different, Concord was different. You wouldn't believe it if you could see it as it was. It was a mill town, and it had a lot of mills in the city or in the town, and uh, they all had houses that the employees lived in, and if you lived in Concord, you probably lived on what they called a mill hill. And so that has changed drastically in the last 62 years, of course. And uh, not only uh, has Concord changed, but the style of clothes has changed. And churches uh, were different 62 years ago. Give me, I'll give you a few examples. The church that I was reared in and uh, the people I knew in my religious uh, uh, community, uh, the churches then had no drums. There was no, <laughs> there was no hand clapping, and I remember 
uh, if early in the life of this church, there was a sectional meeting on Rockland Circle. That means all the churches in this section, the Assemblies of God, came for a meeting. And it was a, the church was full of people, and, and there was an elderly man. Uh, and I won't name the town he was from, but he was from this section, the section at that time. And he was going to preach that night. And something was said that was good and nice, and the congregation clapped. And uh, when he got up to preach, I mean, he just really rung us out for clapping in church. That was the most worldly thing. That's what the world did, and we were not supposed to do that in church. So I'm saying things were somewhat different back then than they are now. <laughs> uh, the dress was different, but I won't go there. <clears throat> then then uh, to receive Christ 62 years ago, it seemed that you had to go to the altar and pray through. And that was important, to pray through. I'm not exactly, I don't know exactly what that meant. I never did know what it meant. <laughs> but uh, there would be an altar uh, in front of the platform, and it was uh, like a bench that stood alone. And uh, you had to go down to the altar and kneel and pray through to be converted. Well, um, it, it was... Uh, I, I was accused of, of removing the altar from the church. On Rockland Circle, we never had an altar in there to remove. And so when people came, they said, oh, you took the altar out. I heard that many, many times. But that was a change. And during the service, uh, uh, it was called a song service. It was when you sang and worship. The worship time was called a song service. Not worship, but a song service. And during the song service, we always had testimonies. And that would mean that we'd stop singing and give people time to stand and thank the Lord for something good, hopefully. And, um, <laughs> but the testimony services were always a very important part of the service. That has kind of diminished and gone away. And then, of course, uh, if you're a real... A Pentecostal fundamental preacher, you had to preach against TV 62 years ago. <laughs> well, while in Bible college before coming here, it was common, common talk about the church dying, that the church was in a state of dying. And, all, and they said that because all the young people, not all, but many of the younger people seemed to be leaving the church and very few young people were coming to church, new people. Now, neither bragging or complaining when I say this, when, I, when we started this church in Concord, um, the name of this church was uh, Concord Revival Center. I don't know if you knew that or not, but uh, when we started in the theater downtown, it was Concord Revival Center. And uh, we bought the property on Rockland Circle and Got the people there, and uh, just a few months, it was less than a year, uh, I just felt in my heart and spirit that Concord Revival Center was not going to work the way that I felt the Lord wanted it to. And so I remember the day that we changed the name of the church. It was Sunday morning, and I had several names. I told the people, let's pick out a name. And I gave them, a, 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 like, First Assembly and a Calvary Assembly and Grace Assembly and all those names like that. And so I remember Conley Shepherd, who's been gone to be with the Lord for many years. He helped build a church on Rockton Circle. I remember Conley saying, 
I would like for us to name it First Assembly. That sounds like a good name, and people know what First Baptist is and First Methodist and things like that. And so I think it'd be good to be First Assembly. The church voted 100% to do that, and it's always been that since that time. Well, uh, that was where the name came from. As soon as uh, financially feasible, uh, I wanted a youth pastor because of things that uh, I just couldn't handle with the young people, and I knew that that was very important as I had learned in school, that it just youth was not coming. Very soon after coming on staff, uh, we, we hired Randy Pierce, as you know, many years ago, and he was the first staff member. But very soon after he came on staff, one Sunday morning, uh, Pastor Randy announced, he made his announcement for the youth, and he announced that on Wednesday night he would be speaking on sex. <laughs> and he would encourage all the mothers and dads and people to get their young people there because it would be a service that they needed to be a part of and to hear and so forth. After the service that Sunday morning, I walked down off the platform, which was not that high, but a couple of steps, and walked down, and there were two uh, ladies there. They were sisters, and they were seniors. That means they were old. Two, <laughs> two old ladies who were sisters. <laughs> and uh, they, I could tell something was wrong. I'd known them for a while. I could tell something wasn't just right. And they said, uh, Pastor Tom, we'd like to talk to you. So I said, okay. And they said, we have been going to church all our lives and have never heard that word used in church. <laughs> and I looked at them and I said, what word? <laughs> and they looked at me and they said, S-E-X. <laughs> well, I could go on and on about that story a little bit, but... Uh, just let me tell you, it all worked out okay, and um, they loved Randy after all, and uh, so we were happy about that. But they were upset because of using that word, and they'd never heard it in church before. Well, church was changing, wasn't it? Well, I'll, I'll stop there and uh, go back to only uh, 26 years ago. I've told this story many times, and most of you probably have heard it but please allow me to say it again in case someone hasn't heard it. Uh, 26 years ago, by this time, we've been singing off the wall for years. Uh, we were one of the first churches that had a, you know, a, 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 what do you call it, projector, and, and sh showed the uh, hymns as words on the wall of the church. And the people would come, and oh, you all are singing off the wall. And, yeah, so... so so we'd been doing that, and we finally got some screens to sing off of, and I think we had them 26 years ago, that the screens that made it better. Well, uh, many changes had taken place. People were receiving uh, Jesus sitting in their pew. I, there's people in this church right now who tell me, Pastor Tom, on a certain Sunday morning, sitting up in the balcony on the left-hand side, I received Jesus as my Savior. And so you can receive Jesus without going to an altar. Not that that was bad, but it, there was a change that I felt that was needed in the church. And uh, people have been saved, many people in their pews in this church building right here.
And at this time, 26 years ago, uh, many courses were being introduced. Uh, I'm sorry you don't know those courses because they were beautiful courses, but and I loved them, and they were great worship courses, and, uh, and so what we have now are, are great. The words of the, of the courses and the worship we have now, I just tell people all the time, is outstanding. But 26 years ago, there was new courses coming into the church, and we would sing a lot of them. And every Sunday morning, a very faithful, another lady now, this wasn't one of the two, this is another <laughs> lady. She was very faithful. She had been attending sporting the church since we, we started it. And uh, she would come in, and she'd go down to the, the, the pews over against that brick wall, and she'd sit on the second pew against that brick wall on the end. My mother was a resident at the living center, and she'd come in about 30 minutes later, after this lady came in an hour before my mother came in about 30 minutes later and sit on the pew behind her. And they sit there and talk until church started. And this Sunday morning, Grace said, when mother sat down and said, hey, and by the way, that was another thing back there. You called everybody sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so. I don't know where that went, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the change that's taken place. And so... Um, Mother said, hey, Sister Grace, and she said, hey, Sister Whitten, and so forth, and they started talking, and um, then Grace turned around and said, Sister Whitten, uh, she said, I want to ask you a question. What do you think about all of these new courses that we're singing? <laughs> Just like that, Mom said, and she said, I can't stand them, and Mother says, that she lifted her hand and slapped Grace on the shoulder and said, Grace, shut up. You have had your day. Let somebody else have theirs. Now, I want to tell you, that was for me. When Mom told me that, and in the years that followed, I have heard her say that to Grace in my mind many, many times. You've had your day. Let somebody else have theirs. And I believe there comes a time in life that we don't stop doing things for Jesus. We're still serving him, but we've had our day. Uh, the, the, the world is growing the population from younger people, not older. We're dying. We've had our day. And we have to understand that we have to let the newer, younger people have their time to minister to God. Friends, I've said that to say this. If this, the changing of the name of this church is fulfilled, then the call of God rests upon us to realize that we have to support it and we have to use it for the glory of God. Amen. And it seems as if the Spirit just spoke to my heart this morning and said to me that this is another opportunity even for us to witness to people because when they say to us or we say to them, we go to the name of the church, they're going to say, well, where is that? What is that? And then that opens up a door without even us having to knock. It's already open. So we'll have opportunity, many of them, to invite people to church and to say more about that. God bless you. We love you. And we thank God for his will being worked out through our pastor and the pastoral 
staff and all the workers of the church and all the congregation. God has great things for us, things that we can't even imagine. And if, if a change of a name of a church is something new and different that will be used for God's will to be accomplished, then let's do it. Amen. That's it. God bless you. Amen. Aren't you thankful for a spiritual heritage and a founding pastor? Pastor Tom, we love you so much and are so thankful. Second thing of how we receive this multiply blessing is that new blessings require new wineskins. In Mark chapter 2, the context, Jesus is eating with sinners. And Jesus gets criticized for not fasting. They're saying things, the spirit of which is something like this. Jesus, you're not spiritual enough. Jesus, you're not religious enough. Jesus, you're breaking tradition. And yet Jesus' response shows us that he cares more about lost, broken people than he does about upholding religious tradition. And I think it's important that we understand that there is a difference between our spiritual heritage and religious tradition. Y'all, I will go to bat. I will fight for our spiritual heritage. This church has an amazing spiritual heritage. I will fight for that. We will uphold that. We will cling to the things that have made this church great for 62 years. Are some things changing? Absolutely. Here's what will never change. We will never stop preaching the full counsel of the word of God. Regardless of what society says. Regardless of where. We will not stop preaching. We will not stop saying that Jesus is the only way. That he is the answer. We will not stop reaching all generations we will not stop the very things that our church was founded on spiritual heritage but the religious traditions the wineskins Jesus said you got to keep you have to keep changing wineskins Mark 2 22 Jesus the words of Jesus and no one pours new wine skin new wine into old wineskins if he does, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wine skins will be ruined. Instead, new wine, the new move of God, is poured into new wine skins. See, when what God is doing is too large for the original container, then you literally only have two choices. You can stop and stifle the move of God, or you can change containers. New moves of God to reach new people require new containers. New wineskins aren't the preferable way. They're the only way. In 2008, I remember being at First Assembly in Gastonia with Pastor Rick. So uh, only four, four lead pastors in the history of this church. Pastor Tom. Pastor Tom's father pastored it for a while while he held a district position. Pastor Rick, uh, who is now our district superintendent and will be speaking for us on September the 13th, and myself. So Pastor Rick, who's a, a spiritual father of mine, in 2008, we were at district council in Gastonia. And Pastor Tommy Barnett, who you'll hear from in just a moment, was uh, speaking a message on the multiplication anointing. We didn't know anything. None of, none of this multiply stuff was going on, uh, the name change or anything like that. But, but Pastor Rick went forward. Pastor Tommy was praying that multiplication, anointing over us. And, and I went forward, and we took some seed and put it in our hands. And Pastor Tommy prayed over us. Do you know that it was right after that that here's what the Lord began to do is he began to take first assembly. God said to Pastor Tom, go to Concord, plant a church. It'll be the largest church in the county. And now Pastor Rick has the vision of Concord and satellite locations. 
And so, uh, uh, Pastor Rick, this is the original. He texted this to me the other day. He found this. He took a white pad, not long after Pastor Tommy Barnett prayed that. He took a white pad and he drew CFA in the middle. And you see he starts drawing Statesville and Harrisburg and, and, and Huntersville and all of these things. Pastor Rick, if you know Pastor Rick, uh, vision, amazing vision, outstanding leadership, horrible geography. If you've ever been on the phone with Pastor Rick, you've heard this statement because he would call you when he was in the car and he would say, I heard this 500 times over 13 years. Hold on, hold on. I I got good. I I missed my turn. Missed my turn. (laughs) So that was. Amen, Mark Feltman. Come on, give me an amen from the soundboard. But you see what God began to do? A new wineskin for a new move of God, and here's to the best of our ability now what we sense what the Lord wants to do, is he wants to take the original heart, saying yes to God, the original heart, say yes to God to do whatever it takes to reach lost people. Next step, CFA Church under Pastor Rick, yes to God, whatever it takes to reach lost people. And now we want to step into this new season of the multiplication anointing where the campuses that we planted become apostolic centers and they begin to plant. Do you see this? Do you see the multiplication of just continuing to move out? Pastor uh, Tommy and Pastor Luke, now his son, who's leading what used to be Phoenix First Assembly, have become Uh, friends of mine, and I asked them if they would speak a word to our church. Would you watch this from Pastor Luke and Pastor Tommy? Well, hello, CFA Multiplied Church. I'm Pastor Luke Barnett, joined here with my dad, Pastor Tommy Barnett, at Dream City Church in Phoenix, Arizona. But we haven't always been Dream City Church. No, we haven't. In fact, for 90 years, 90 years, 2000 or 1923, we became Phoenix First Assembly. We've been known as that name all around the world. But in 2013, God gave us a a brand new dream. My dad came to Phoenix, Arizona back in 1979. He had a dream to reach this city and impact the city of Phoenix. And boy, impact this city, the church did through Phoenix First Assembly. But in 2013, God gave us a brand new dream. It was to reach out and to plant and to multiply and plant great campuses all over the state of Arizona. And so we thought, you know, how can we find a name that really fits into that kind of vision? And we thought, well, we're known as for the the dream centers and reaching hurting people. So we called our church Dream City Church. And that was just, oh, seven years ago, Dad. And what has happened in seven years has been supernatural. Yes, and you know I've always felt like that the name of the church ought to really tell what the church is about. What's the vision of that church? And our church is about dreaming, believing God for big things, believing God to do the impossible. And since that day, the church's dreams have become a reality. We have eight campuses. We have dream centers all over the country. We have all kinds of feeding programs. But it really started with a dream. And I don't know of any name that I love better than Dream City than I do Multiply Church. I love that because I have a sermon called the Multiplication Anointing. And in that sermon, I say that in the last days, 
we're going to have the multiplication of the church. The scriptures speak of, first of all, there was the two and then the twelve. And then the Bible said they got into the New Testament in Acts, that they begin to add daily to the church. And then they begin to multiply into the church. And I preach that there is a multiplication anointing that God wants to do in the last days for what took years could be done in a month because that's one of the signs of the end time that what took many, many years could be done in a day. And I believe that this church is entered into a new multiplication anointing, not just in name, but we want to be that church that multiplies daily. I really love your name. I think that your name, your new name, Multiply Church, it just speaks vision. It speaks life. It speaks that you're going somewhere. It speaks that you're not stagnant, but you want to multiply and and impact not just your local surroundings. The Bible says they went to Jerusalem, then Judea, then to the uttermost parts of the world, and that is the vision that your name speaks. My dad wrote a whole book called The Multiplication Anointing. I think it'd be appropriate if you would just pray for that multiplication anointing to fall upon multiplied church. They would just do things and see God do things that they never dreamed possible. Yes, let's join together. Father, we thank you for this church and for the great leadership, the great pastor that we love so much that you have put in their midst. And I pray, dear God, that they will see things that they only dreamed about. I pray, dear God, that they'll become such an anointing when people walk in that building that they literally are overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit. What has happened to them thus far, they've entered into addition. But now, God, they enter into multiplication. Bless them as they multiply and they're blessed. And I pray, dear God, that a new anointing shall come upon them from this day forth. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Doug, we love you so much. We are so proud of you. Boy, you are a a great leader. Everything you touch seems to turn to gold. You're a leader on the Southeastern University Board where we also serve. And you've just been a leader your entire ministry. Thank you for your great leadership. And we are believing and agreeing with you for a brand new day, a brand new anointing, that multiplication anointing upon Multiplied Church. I believe that. We love you guys. God bless you all. At At all of our locations, would you stand? And just as a sign of physical reception for that, don't you want that in your life? in your family, in your business. God, don't just add, but God, multiply in the ministries of these young missionaries as they go overseas. God, don't just add, believers, multiply. Would you just lift your hand? Would you just lift your hand as a sign of reception? God, I I receive that in the name of Jesus. God, I want to be a part of what you're doing. God, we believe for great things for our future. We thank you for our heritage, but right now, God, We step in and we believe for more. We believe for bigger. We believe for greater. In Jesus' name.